Amen. Uh, well, that is the, the word of the Lord. Uh, if you would, turn with me in your Bible to Luke chapter 2. That's where we're going to camp out today. Uh, but before uh, we get there, let's take a moment and pause and pray. Father, thank you for your word and your promise. Lord, I pray you'd speak to us today that you might reach us where we need to be reached. Reorient us to your grace, to your story, to your truth. We need you, Lord, so come and meet us in your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Christmas. Christmas was great yesterday. We had our first Colorado Christmas as the Hoffelmeyer family. We got to uh, wake up early in the morning and the kids come down the stairs excited to see presents under the tree and their stockings full. And it was a lot of fun. I remember, though, when our kids were a little bit younger, that we would find them on Christmas Day after they've opened up all the presents. We would find them in the kitchen, having emptied all the pots out of the cabinet, banging on pots with a spoon, or playing inside one of the boxes that they'd opened. Just full of wonder, having a blast. And there's something about children that they can wonder in these kinds of things. Just banging on a pot in the kitchen and wanting to try it with a different pot because there's a different sound. And you, you mix up the spoon, there's a different sound. There's a, a wonder of wonders every time you bang one of these things. And they don't get tired of it. They could keep doing it for like 20 minutes or more, which is a long time. And the problem that I experience is that I get annoyed at times. I know this isn't you, this is just me, but I get annoyed when this happens sometimes because when it's the kitchen, maybe it's the end of the day, I maybe want to talk with Christina, be calm, bang, 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 you know, things like this. And I can react sometimes. Stop that, why are you doing that? You know? I wanted to see what it sounded like. You know, wonder at these things, enjoy these things. Maybe just a, a quiet face, no response, because they don't understand. They were just enjoying a good thing. I think in that moment, I am the one who is wrong, <laughs> failing to see there's something good here that I've lost. I've lost the ability to wonder in these simple things, these good things, the gift of sound. You know, the ability to wonder is something that I think Christians actually can struggle with for some reason. I've been pondering this. I found a statistic that was, it piqued my interest and I wondered about it. The Pew Research Forum found out this, that atheists, are, our atheist neighbors, are more likely than U.S. Christians to say they often feel a sense of wonder about the universe. By 9%, it's a significant difference. 54% compared to our 45%. And I've wondered about this. Is it perhaps because we as Christians reduce our faith and our worldview to facts? We know the answers, and so the world starts to lose its wonder because we know the answer. Oh, God created it, so that's why it's there. God made sound. Yeah, Christ was born at Christmas time. Jesus died, he rose again from the grave. Facts. But when the angels came to the shepherds, they weren't merely informing them, were, were they? They were inviting them into a host of praise and wonder 
something that I think we may have lost. Charlie Brown Christmas reminds me of this. Uh, at the beginning of the film, you find Charlie Brown with Linus, his friend who carries a blanket everywhere. And this is how you meet Charlie. He's complaining. He says, I think there must be something wrong with me. I just don't understand Christmas, I guess. I might be getting presents and sending Christmas cards and decorating trees and all that, but I'm still not happy. I don't feel the way I'm supposed to feel. And then Linus says back to him, Charlie Brown, you're the only person I know who can take a wonderful season like Christmas and turn it into a problem. Maybe Lucy's right. Of all the Charlie Browns in the world, you're the Charlie Browniest. But you can understand Charlie's problem because he is expecting something wonderful at Christmas time, something true, something ancient and sturdy and good. And he looks around him and what does he find? He finds Snoopy, his dog, competing in the town competition for Christmas lights, not because he's celebrating the light that's come into the darkness, but because he wants to win a cash prize. And then he finds his little sister, Sally, who's writing a note to Santa and she wants help writing the note. And she says in the note, well, if it's inconvenient for you to get all these presents, you can just give me cash. Tens and twenties, preferably, you know? And then he goes down and looks for a Christmas tree, and it's all plastic and fake metal trees of all these kinds of colors. And he sees all of this kind of consumeristic, surface-level Christmas experience, people being entertained, but not experiencing anything of the wonder. And it's not making him happy. He goes to uh, find a Christmas tree. He's been made the director of the Christmas play, if you remember. He gets duped into this by Lucy. So when he goes to get a Christmas tree, he's looking at all these fake trees. He finds one tree that has something wonderful about it. It's actually alive, kind of, barely. It's a little branch with one little bit of green on it. But it's a wonder. It's a living, true thing in the midst of all this fake stuff. So he brings it back, smiling. And when he puts it in the presence of all the kids, they laugh at him. He doesn't understand what Christmas is about, he thinks. But I think Charlie Brown is closer than some of us can be at times. The question that this passage we're reading in Luke 2 invites us to ask today is how will we respond to the culminating moment in history? Do we respond by simply being informed, by knowing facts? Do we respond simply with a sort of cultural entertainment? Or do we actually grasp what goes on and let it move us to wonder? That's what this invitation is today, is an invitation to wonder. First of all, you're gonna see the shepherds you're going to see Mary, and then we'll be wrapped up with the angels as well. So we'll first look at the shepherds. If you look in verse 8, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. These are blue-collar workers, right? And the Lord comes and would speak to them through his angels. Again, the humility of the Lord to care for all people. He's not just coming to the high, the powerful, the culturally relevant and elite. He comes to the shepherds. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they're filled with fear, great fear. And the angel said to them, fear not, 
I bring you good news. Now here are the facts. Here's what the angel says. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And he tells him the sign that this is true, that you'll find him wrapped in swaddling clothes, laying in a manger. Those are the facts, right? But the shepherds don't just say, oh, interesting. <laughs> you know, what do they do? Well, after they see the angels, they're moved to wonder with them. When the angels went into heaven in verse 15, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they made haste to go and find Mary and Joseph and the baby. If you have been experiencing Christmas, but you haven't taken time to go and see, I invite you to wonder at this news, to not just hear it, to not just hear the facts. What's Christmas about? Oh, unto us is born the city, and the city of David, a Savior, is Christ the Lord. No, go and see. Christians, first to you, Christians, Christianity is not a trivia game. It's not about knowing all the facts merely, right? It's just like knowing a person like Christina and I. When I first met her, I misspelled her name. And so it was important for me to learn to spell her name right, right? But there's a lot more to knowing a person than knowing how to spell her name. She's a, she's a full-bodied human being. <laughs> and the Savior, wonder of wonders, full embodied, present with us, is inviting us to come and see him, to know him. Not merely to know these facts, but to know him. And the shepherds went to see. Have you gone and looked upon Jesus recently, Christian? Have you gone and seen him? Have you let him tell you who he is? Have you let him show you what he's done for you? That is what takes a ho-hum set of facts and enables us to know the love and grace of the Savior. The one who came in fulfillment of the story of grace, the son of Adam, the son of Noah, the son of Abraham, the son of Moses, son of David. This one came to save us. So, if you're a Christian, I invite you to come and see. But if you are an other than Christian person here, thank you for risking being with us. Mom or dad twisted your arm, brother or sister or friend got you to come, thank you for coming. Or maybe you have a friend or a family member who you're gonna spend time with this holiday season. I just invite you to come and see. You have to realize this, there is no more influential person in human history than Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who was born in Bethlehem. There's no more influential person. Our calendar is organized around him. The year of his birth, the first year of our calendar. The notion of love that we care about in our culture, the ideas of human rights that people had worth. Even the advent of modern day science is linked to a Christian understanding of a God who is steady and holds the universe in his hands and of human beings who are sinful and so they need to be tested so their scientific method. All of these things are rooted 
in this person who came to Bethlehem. And so every thinking adult, I don't care if you're a Christian or not, you should think about this. Come and see. Look into it. Candy Crush could wait. I know Cobra Kai season four is coming out here in a week or so. Yes, I'm excited too. But it could wait. The Savior of the world has come. Bigger news is here. So look into it. But the shepherds mentor us and they take us to Mary and Joseph. They share the story. They get to share in the wonder with the people. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. They get to go home with a cause to glorify and praise God for what they'd heard and seen. But Mary, look in verse 19. What does Mary do? Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. You see, Mary's on the other side of things. The shepherds had not yet seen, and then they saw. Mary had received the promise from the angel, and that promise has already come to fruition. She has a son. She conceived by the Holy Spirit. That has never, ever happened any other time in human history. This is, this is amazing stuff. She doesn't fully understand all the implications of it yet. But she is treasuring up all these things, pondering them in their hearts. I think of treasuring. I think of this Christmas season. Christina and I, we enjoy spoiling our kids. Christina, I confess, is the one who wrapped the presents this year. She was amazing in that way. She's also way better at wrapping than me. But that's no excuse. But they get to come down and open all these presents that we we spend all this money on. But the thing at Christmas is that the Lord invites us to a treasure that you can't buy. Come you who are without money and buy, he says. The thing that he's offering you is free. The thing about Christmas that matters most is the thing that we would spend a brief amount of time, not quite every night because we'd miss nights and we'd catch up through our Advent calendar, reading a little bit about the Christmas story, saying a prayer, reading the promises of Isaiah 7, 14 and 9, 6 and 7 in the morning before we dropped him off at school. Coming together and worshiping and singing of the Savior. These things, treasuring this story, helped us to remember that there is more here than mere facts. There is a Savior. He is true. This world is full of wonder because our Lord has come into it. And Mary shows us this way, treasuring the shepherd's story, treasuring the angel's song, and treasuring this newborn king. So this story of hope at its culmination invites us to wonder, to, to look into it, to see who Jesus is and what he's done, and to treasure this good news. But Charlie Brown, he is getting laughed at for treasuring a good thing. And he says to his friend Linus, I guess you're right, Linus. I, I shouldn't have picked this little tree. Everything I do turns into a disaster. I guess I don't really know what Christmas is about. Isn't there anyone who understands what Christmas is all about? Well, his friend Linus says very quietly, sure, I can tell you what Christmas is all about. And he goes to center stage and the lights drop and the spotlight comes upon him. 
And he recites from memory, which I can't do right now, the King James of Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 8. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. And Linus dropped his blanket, interestingly, at that moment. Fear not, for behold, I, dr I bring you tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And at that point, Linus picked up his blanket, went back to the piano, and said, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. It's about glory, wonder, peace for all people, peace for people in Larimer County, a place people in Judea could not even have imagined in the first century. Through Jesus Christ, God in flesh, born of a virgin, wonder, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. If you, this Christmas, you feel like you need something tangible, you're like Linus, perhaps. You need something to hold on to. You need a real hope. Jesus is a real hope, a real savior. He's not just a word. He's the word who became flesh. He's someone you can take hold of. Doubting Thomas could put his hand into his side. My Lord and my God. So I invite you to look into him, church. Christian, don't stop looking into him. Continue to go back to him. Let him tell you who he is, what he's done. And other than Christian neighbor, take a look, take a risk. The worst that could happen, what's the worst? You might find something fearful. You might find God. And then you might find that that God would say, fear not, and he would offer you peace abounding forever and ever. And you might find a reason to glory with the angels. Praise him. Glory to God in the highest. There's peace available to me. Look into it. And you might have something to treasure with Mary. Let's pray. Father, thank you for Christmas. Thank you for wonder. Lord, I pray that we might be a people full of wonder, people who never lose sight of God in the world, of life. The fact that there is something instead of nothing, all of these things should lead us to absolute wonder at your power and goodness, Lord. So recover our, our hearts to yourself, Lord. Recover us to wonder. Lead us to treasure what is true and good and beautiful. Our Savior Jesus, it's in his name we pray, amen.